Hello and welcome to the Soccer OG. That's me, Max Bredos. Thanks for tuning in to my podcast, episode five. I have some very big plans for this and you want to get on board early. So please subscribe, rate and review. I am so big on this project that I am considering changing my name from Max Bredos or Maximiliano Bretos. Actually, this is a good spot to tell. You know, I have six middle names. I have six middle names. My father gave them to me. I cherish them, but it's a bit excessive. Maximiliano Pedro del Alcantara Alejo Leon Bretos y Treyes. True story. It's a good party trick to tell them all. Anywhere, where was I? I have big plans for this podcast. So much so that I am considering changing my name from Maximiliano Pedro del Alcantara Alejo Leon Bretos y Treyes to the Soccer OG. That's commitment. I need your help. So please subscribe, rate, review, get them downloads in, and we'll continue on this wonderful path. Thank you for all the support as we stand. Thanks to all the great guests. Today, I am on the road. I am in Austin, Austin, Texas. And I'm actually here on a limestone embankment facing a bubbling brook or tributary tributary or lake or river. Can you hear it? Do you hear the water? It's pretty cool. But I am here on the road making sure I don't miss a beat. I will not have the business end this week. It'll be back next week. I have a big time guest. I would tell you who it is, but I want to make sure I have all my ducks in a row to get it there in place. But I did want to join you. We have a very cool show here. Coming up in stoppage time, I'm going to talk about the situation in Brazil. If you haven't really noticed, they are going through a hellacious situation with COVID. Every data number is up, and it's affecting the world of football, or as they call it in Brazil, futebol. Should the games go on? What should they do? Very tricky situation in South America. Coming up here in moments, I had some fun. Based, I know we talked about the USA and Mexico Olympic qualifiers And I wanted to bring some joy to everyone. So I made a list of the top 10 players from CONCACAF. And you will be blown away with the quality that is out there right now in our region. I was so good. I actually made a top 20 list, which I'll share with you. I actually was even into the top 30 list. And numbers through 21 and 30 were pretty, pretty decent. So that'll be coming up, and we're just going to have a good time talking about football. It is an incredible time for the sport as we adjust from the international break right into the situation where we have now where the clubs are back. And I wanted to salute all those players out there that represent their country. They had a a 10-day, two-week World Cup qualifying process, not everywhere, as we talked about last time. And as as it applies with Brazil, which I'll be talking about a little bit later, no South American qualifiers, which was good if you have South American internationals on your team, like Lionel Messi or Lautaro or Neymar. There's a long list. I always always draw a blank there. But, you know, there's a lot of South Americans playing in Europe. The European clubs wouldn't let them go. So they got them pretty fresh. And the European nations went right back into the club calendar. So I want to salute all those internationals. I know they get paid tons of money. I know it is part of the gig. I know a lot of them probably have breaks. They're not going to have breaks in 2021, I can tell you that. 
So uh, I appreciate the effort because I enjoy watching the games. So thank you for the work you do. The Soccer OG back with a bang. We are going to get started here as I will talk my top 20 players in CONCACAF. And the reason I bring it up, I wanted to bring some good news for fans of U.S. soccer. And folks, I got some good news thanks to this list, the Soccer OG. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Gracias. Obrigado. Thank you for the support. Welcome back to the Soccer OG live from Austin, Texas. It's Austin City Limits or South by Southwest. Neither of those things. Actually, South by Southwest would have happened in March. So I'm here in April. I got, I got a chance to get out and look at the, the new stadium, the Q2, Austin FC. I was wearing my LAFC colors. I got to represent. So was my son here visiting a friend. But I'm all taking it in. And uh, it's been a long time since I've been here. Fantastic place. So we're going to rank the top. I'm going to call it a top 10 list, but we're going to go a little bit longer because the top 10 list is harder to crack than I think ever before. Maybe the talent in Mexico is not up to the level that it may have been a few years ago. I don't know. Certainly those players playing in Europe, there was a, a, very, there was a very rich time when Chicharito was playing and Hector Herrera and Carlos Vela for incredible clubs. It's not quite there for Mexico. And I think the United States has filled the void. And I will tell you this. The media in Mexico are noticing the incredible proliferation of the American players in Europe being signed for mega deals. And what happens with U.S. soccer and Major League Soccer, and Major League Soccer really does not get enough credit, and I say Major League Soccer, but it's the clubs who are developing their academies, doesn't get enough credit for what they are doing, getting these players ready for a move to Europe. And we've seen it multiple times in the last two years. Brian Reynolds going from FC Dallas to Roma. Zach Steffen going from the Columbus crew to Manchester City. The list, he, he wasn't original, the original stop Man City, but it is now. Brendan Aronson, Philadelphia Union. Red Bull Salzburg. It's going to keep going. This, this academy thing is working out really well. And new clubs, new territories, it is going to be one of the most fertile grounds in the world just because it's a massive country, if nothing else. We have so many problems in how we develop the game. I know as a Latino, mi gente, the Latino player is not getting uh, into the shop window as much as they should be. But when that happens, and it's going to happen in some way, shape, or form, small or large, it's going to be a massive game changer. We're a huge country. Mexico is a huge country, so they should be doing this as well. But we will see that. And you know, maybe it's a flash in the pan. Maybe a year or two, the players just stop. But the numbers keep growing. And there's guys that are on short lists for clubs. Daryl DK, you know, these reports that he uh, is drawing interest from top four, top six clubs of the Premier League. He is a perfect player. This big target striker who is chiseled out of granite who can score in so many ways, who's fit, who's strong, who's fast. They're going to want them. So really good news with regards to the American player 
in Europe. So I made this list, and you will see. You can wipe away your tears about not qualifying for the Olympics. If you were, it's, it's not a referendum against the American game that we didn't qualify. Was it a screw-up? A hundred percent. We really, we really messed this up. We should have made it because making the Olympics is a big deal, in particular in this country. You have seen it with so many sports, sports that are on the periphery, beach volleyball, uh, for instance, uh, even rugby now, the seven-a-side rugby. It's going to be, if America goes, and they're good in the men's and women's rugby sevens, if they win a gold medal, guess what? People are talking about rugby because Americans like to see their teams do well, and they tune into the Olympics in massive numbers for that reason because they want to feel good. And after COVID, maybe more than ever before, they're going to want to feel that American pride. So, yes, it was a big screw-up that the USA didn't make it. That said, we have an incredible situation. So four years ago and eight years ago when we didn't make the Olympics, we looked at our situation and said, where's the talent? And we're like, I don't know. Where is it? I don't see it. I'm getting a little nervous. So now we do have that talent. And it is flourishing. And this is not just a USA list. This is some good Mexican players. There are players from other countries on this list. Multiple players from one country in particular, which I think is very optimistic for the direction they are going. So all good in CONCACAF. Let's get into the list. So... One through 10 wasn't enough, so I made an 11 through 20. Here goes. Number 20, Josh Sargent. He's like a $10 million player, or $7 $8 million player, starting every day for a Bundesliga club. And he's number 20. Five years ago, he would have been in the top five. I'm, I'm dead serious. He would have been in the top. We'd have been like, are we got a guy starting for... It's the same thing we had with when Brian McBride was at Fulham. We were so proud that we had a guy there. Or Steve Cherundolo who was at uh, Hanover, and now he's ranked 20th, and there's no way he's getting up this list. Number 19, Brendan Aronson, ceiling very high on this 20-year-old, went from the Philadelphia Union. He is involved in everything Red Bull Salzburg do, and he comes in at number 19. 18, Hector Herrera. He's a little bit older now. I think he's 30, but he's playing for Atletico Madrid. Not all the time. And he is so important for what Mexico does that he makes the list. Still a very valuable player. I'd love to see him come to Major League Soccer one day because he's got that kind of talent. So Hector Herrera, I would have felt very embarrassed if I didn't put him on this list. He comes in at number 18. Number 17, a guy with another huge ceiling who was with the Mexican Olympic team, but I imagine because of the striker situation for Me- <clears throat> excuse me, Mexico... <laughs> Sorry, it's this Texas air. It's so fresh. Because of the situation, it's kind of dire in Mexico, and it's also problematic with another guy on this list. He is going to be a big player. Did I mention JJ Macias? JJ Macias plays in Mexico with Chivas, has all the tools, kind of hit a bit of a rut. He hasn't flourished in the, the timeline you would like, but he's still a kid, and he has it. He can score in a lot of ways. He's gonna be a, a he's gonna be a European based player here at some point. So JJ making the list. Number sixteen, another Mexican, Diego Lainez, Real Betis. I've been really impressed with Lainez because I looked at him. I mean, he was such a he's a small player. He looks like he's twelve years old. No, he's like fifteen years old, which he's not much older than that. 
But he's toughed it out, and he's logged some minutes. There was times where it wasn't going his way, but he's managed a way to get on the first team at a really good team in Real Betis in Spain, which is, is a team that doesn't going to get relegated. They're going to be there. They have a high standard. They have a rich history. So Diego Lainez, with a, a guy who could probably make that top 10, but we can't put him there now. We know that. I'm going to say something else here as I get through this list. I'm not a, a, a flag-waving American here on this list by any means. Uh, I'm being very realistic, and you will see there's some players I rank probably lower than they should be because I'm trying to even this out. But even when I was being very conservative, you will see American players, even though I just ri- ripped off a, a long list of Mexican players, and American players are going to emerge up on this list rather high. So Diego Lainez at 16. Number 15, Edson Alvarez, another Mexican. He's playing in the Netherlands for Ajax, getting minutes. Uh, Top-ranked defender. There's some good defenders here in CONCACAF. I think there's going to be a real explosion the next couple years, and Edson Alvarez might lead that. When I say defenders, I mean central defenders or or guys who play. I mean, there's fullbacks that we could also mention who are going to be very high on this list. But Edson Alvarez, I mean, can you believe this guy's playing at Ajax? Big money move. And he's number 15 on my list. This is a fun list. This was an easy list to do. Number 14, Eunice Musa, who we talked about on my Soccer OG YouTube show. 18, teenager. Is he 19? Who recently declared his allegiance to the United States. He plays for a a, a top Spanish team, you know, one of the top five Spanish teams in Valencia. He hasn't been playing all the time lately, which is fine. But if I said to you, hey, we have this, the United States has a 19-year-old, I think he's still 18. I should have done this research beforehand, but I'm in Austin. What can I tell you? Playing for Valencia with some regularity. And when he comes to the national team, you can see what he does. A complete midfielder who can get the ball from one end to the other very quickly. An incredible athlete that makes things a lot easier in the 11. I'm not one who's going to lock him into the U.S. men's national team 11 in the midfield. Most people would, and I probably should. But as I look at this guy, I see someone who is going to be very um, influential for club and for country. That is Yunus Musa. He comes in at... Number 14. Number 13, John Brooks. He is a player a little bit older in years. But he's playing for Wolfsburg, and they're getting clean sheet after clean sheet, and they're competing for a spot in the Champions League. I mean, this is a this is an elite central defender. And he comes in here at uh, number 13. I think five years ago, he would have been a top five guy as well. Probably was. So John Brooks, here at number 13, he's going to be the linchpin there for the United States defense in 2022, possibly 2026. But there's going to be competition for his job come that time. And he's certainly, he is now moving into his 20s, uh, the back end of the 20s. And there's so much good young talent, many of which you didn't make this list that will be competing for that spot. So, John Brooks, number 13. Number 12, this is not a guy, and I forgot to say this at the beginning. My list is based on the clubs they play, 
their valuation, their transfer fee valuation, the games they are getting, and how influential they are on the international stage. And I really, you know, there's some guys here, they're worth 20 million in the marketplace, 30, 40, 50. There's one who's worth 80. It's in, it is unbelievable the money that's being spent. And I still think you're getting a really good deal for CONCACAF players in Europe. You are. If you want to spend, if you want to buy an incredible South American talent, it's going to be a little bit more. If you're going to spend an incredible European talent from Portugal to France, you're going to have to pay top dollar or top euro for these guys. Not so much for the CONCACAF players, certainly not the United States players. But that is part of the criteria. And Kaylor Navas, no one's going to buy him right now. He's in the, the, the last stretch of his career. But he's playing for PSG, played for Real Madrid. He, he's in the argument for one of the best goalkeepers we've ever had in our region because of the clubs he's played for. He still has it. He still can play a long time. And it's going to be uh, – maybe he has an incredible year here. I mean, the possibility of him winning something major, a.k.a. the Champions League, is uh, very real. PSG, to me, are one of the favorites, right? So Kaylor Navas, the best goalkeeper on this list, comes in at number 12. Number 11. This guy should be so much higher. I know, I know. And I, I, I apologize, Canada, to my great... Can, and listen, Canadian, uh, listen, Canadian downloads have to improve here for the Soccer OG. I've been getting, I've been getting listens because I check out my, on my app here. I've been getting listens in Brazil. Obrigado. I've been getting listens in Belgium, in Malaysia. Thank you for that support. Keep it coming. But I need to get it up in Canada a little bit. Maybe I have to speak higher of your players. But Jonathan David at number 11. I can't believe this is number 11. He should be higher, but I'm not budging. This is a guy. Should I put him? You know what? Hold that thought. I'm moving him to the top 10. I'm moving him into the top 10. I am doing an audible, as they say, in the National Football League. Number 11, Tyler Adams. By the way, Tyler Adams, I saw him in the Leipzig-Bayern Munich game this weekend. He was great. He was one of the best players on the field. He's doing that all the time. I can't believe I dropped him from 10 to 11 to make a point. Number 11, Tyler Adams. He had that moment in the Champions League. Uh, the valuation is somewhere there in the $25 million range. Maybe that's a bit high, but if you want quality, Tyler Adams is it. Leipzig could not have been, or is a, a, a Adrian... <laughs> Derek Ray says, RB Leipzig. <laughs> Crushing it with his German pronunciation. We appreciate you, Derek. I actually got my Germans getting better just listening to the Bundesliga broadcast with Derek. So, Danke. Tyler Adams slots in at number 11 on that audible. So, number 10, Jonathan David, who scored this weekend, scored the game winning goal for Lille in a Match up with PSG, top two teams in Ligue 1. That would be the French League for our friends who are just tuning in because they want to learn a little bit more about soccer and they thought this was the podcast to do it. Welcome. He has 10 goals this season for Lille. Valuation, $30 million, $35 million. 
He's an everyday player. Tim Weah, who didn't make my top 20. He didn't make, he's a teammate at Lille. He came in at 22. Should I have done a top 30 list? Some of the guys who didn't make this list. Sebastian Cordova, who has been a sensation at that Olympic qualifiers. Luis Romo, who I wanted to put on the list just to be cool and make a point because I like him a lot. Nestor Araujo, defender from Mexico. Chris Richards. We talked about uh, Timothy Weah, Orbelin Pineda. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The amount of talent that we have here in CONCACAF. We have so many. I cannot wait for the Nations League. I want to see USA get revenge against Honduras, and then maybe we see the USA-Mexico. It's going to be huge. So those are some of the guys who didn't make it. But now let's get in. Jonathan David has been extreme. If I was in Canada, this is you're going to have another guy on this list that gives you a lot of hope for qualifying for the World Cup. Unfortunately for Canada, they were they were outside of the top five in the FIFA rankings, so they have to go through all of this qualifying, but they're going to do okay. They beat the Cayman Islands 11-0. And John, they have a legit scoring threat who's very young. Going to keep getting better. And Jonathan David, you're getting great value at number 10 right there from him. All right, now let's dig in to the top 10. Raul Jimenez. Should be much higher. I think his valuation is like in the $40, $50 million range. And remember, Real Madrid wanted him coming from Wolves. Since he got injured, and we should be mentioning that his injury was as traumatic an injury as we have seen this in 2020, 2021. Uh, his head, a head clash, uh, had to have major surgery. There's a huge scar on the side of his head. And if he doesn't return to play in the next few weeks, it's understandable. But he was with the Mexican national team. He didn't play. And there's, I just don't know how quickly you bring him back. He's obviously in the top three or four when he's healthy. But he's a little bit older at 29. But he is, you know, a savant as a striker. So difficult to get these kind of guys. And I, I, there is not a player I am pulling for any harder than Raul Jimenez because of that injury. But I look at that scar, and I look at the video of that injury, and it's very hard to think that he will return to the level he once was. I'm pulling for Raulito, vamos. Raulito, te quiero. Vamos. Number nine, Raul Jimenez. Again, a guy who is one of the best strikers in the world when he's healthy. Top ten striker in the world. Don't at me. Number eight. Oh, of course, Raul Jimenez representing Mexico. Number eight, Weston McKinney from the United States. Juventus saw so highly from him that they splurged the money when no one else was spending money. They dropped $20, $25 million to Schalke to sign him permanently. He is clearly a big part of what Juventus are going to be doing moving forward. Gotten in a little hot water recently, having a party when he shouldn't have with some players. So obviously he can't do that. But he's a, he's a young man, but he's getting it. And he's hit the ground running as best you can there. Juventus out of the Champions League, so he won't have that to participate in. Juventus not doing well in Serie A. It looks like Inter Milan have the Serie A locked up. So Weston McKinney's output here is going to be a little diminished, but we expect him to do 
I mean, Juventus want to do the very best, make sure they qualify for the Champions League and set the table for next season. He's an incredible midfielder, does it all. And with what he does for the U.S. men's national team, I think puts him up here. And eight, again, great value. At number eight, Weston McKinney is going to be a huge part of the U.S. World Cup qualifying effort. 100%. Lock him into the starting 11. No ifs, ands, or buts. No questions asked. Number seven. Let's go back to Mexico. Tecatito Corona. He was the, he was the MVP of the Portuguese League last season, 2019-20. Hasn't been playing at that level. Hasn't scored a lot of goals for the club. But Porto into the quarterfinals of the Champions League. He's an amazing dribbler. He is a super talented guy for so many ways. And I don't want to keep repeating this, but it's uh, it's a tough list to crack. So Tecatito Corona, for all his value, for the uh, mercurial, talented player that he is, makes number seven on my list. Deal with it. You're not going to believe this next one. You are not going to believe this next one. How could somebody who made a $65 million transfer to Chelsea, be number six on the top 10 slash 20 players from CONCACAF. But that's where I'm putting Christian Pulisic, who also scored this weekend for Chelsea, but left at halftime, and we're hearing there was a bit of a hamstring pull. No! Injuries are going to always Put a shadow on this young man's career, and it is so painful to see it happen with some regularity. He fell out of favor for Chelsea. He's gotten back into favor where he's starting league games, and then this happens. Christian Pulisic, who, by the way, is not worth that $65 million. I would imagine probably somewhere, if, if Chelsea wanted to sell him, they're going to take a hit. I can't imagine anyone spending $50 million on Christian Pulisic right now. Right? So what happens when you talk it alone? But the injury situation is just a wet blanket. I, you know, I mentioned uh, there's no one I'm pulling more for than Raul Jimenez, but maybe Christian Pulisic as well, right on that same line. But until that moment comes, we wait and see. So Christian Pulisic, a $50, a $50 million valuation is number six on this list. Truly remarkable. Let's get to the top five. Number five, Leon Bailey of Jamaica. It's not just USA and Mexico. Leon Bailey playing at Bayer Leverkusen. He's played for some of the biggest clubs in the world. He is uh, hasn't done much with Jamaica. That should change. They're going to be a very busy country. They are going to uh, naturalizing several players who play in the Premier League and the Championship to play for Jamaica. So that's going to really lift their profile. And with a guy like Leon Bailey, and they have Michael Antonio, who's one of the better strikers in the Premier League, to join them. And, uh, you know, guys uh, that I think defensively, Jamaica can really build a, a big core group that will, will maintain a good defensive record. And Leon Bailey can help stimulate the attack. It's great. I mean, nothing gave me more pleasure than to be able to put a Jamaican guy on this list. I wish I could put a Haitian guy, a Salvadorian, a Trinidad and Tobagan. They're not there right now. All right, Trinidad and Tobago, we talk about great. I mean, talk about leading the way back in the day. Shaka Hislop, Russell Latipi, Dwight York. 
hasn't been very good for Trinidad or Tobago. In re and I say Tobago because I think that was a uh, Dwight. Was it Latape was a Tobagan? And obviously, if you look at a map, Trinidad much larger than Tobago. So the majority of the national team, more Trinidadian Tobacon. I'm going off on a tangent, but I wish there was a TNT player on here. But there is a Jamaican, Leon Bailey, at number five. Gio Reyna coming in at number four. 18-year-old playing at Dortmund. We don't know what's going to happen at Dortmund. They have all these incredible attacking players, and if they sell some of them, whether it's Jaden Sancho or Erling Haaland or Jude Bellingham, uh, maybe Gio Reyna becomes a featured player there. Or maybe he doesn't. They keep those guys and Gio Reyna becomes a featured player somewhere else. He's going to have to get more minutes. But uh, having a young player in that situation is absolutely milk and honey for the United States men's national team. And his age puts him at number four. That's what separates him because a lot of the guys are 21, 22, 23. This is a teenager. This is incredible to see. And he's kind of he's kind of plateaued a bit, so maybe we have maybe we we haven't really seen the best Gio Reyna, or maybe we have. I tend to think there's a lot of growth still in him, but this is a guy who's been exposed to football his whole career because his father Claudio was a, a stalwart for the U.S. team. Top three now. Number three, Chucky Irving Irving Chucky Lozano, the best nickname on this list, if it was. A top 20 of CONCACAF nicknames, then Chucky, named after the, the doll from the horror movie, Chucky, would be number one. He is uh, highly valued. Where did I have that? 50 million? Close to 50 million on his valuation? Playing at Napoli? I, I wonder if, if he's going to really have a good run in here with Napoli and become a guy who, who plays more regularly. He has. He's been a regular player for them but helps them really cement a spot in the Champions League next season? I think he will. I think he will. I think the the future looks very bright. The 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 future, the, the current future that he is about to proceed in. Chucky Lozano at number three. All right. You can do the math in your head, and you know there's probably two guys I haven't mentioned. Your question is, we all know who number one is going to be. So number two, and I think this will get the highest USA-ranked player and you will see number two and number one are both fullbacks. Serginho Dest, valuation $28 million. He's 20 years of age. He's playing for Barcelona. He's scoring goals for Barcelona. He's, being, he's scoring goals at Barcelona assisted by Lionel Messi. That's kind of a big deal. So Serginho Dest, I mean, the guys all around him from... One, three, four, five, and six, and seven are all valued more than him, but I am just so excited about how he has taken that next step. And for the U.S. men's national team, he really is as key a player as we have. We have good fullbacks. On the right, we don't have a lot of good left-footed players, but he can play on the left side, he can play on the right side, and that gives Greg Berhalter so much freedom because of what Sergio does. He can play as a wingback. He can be a goal-scoring threat. He scored a goal for the U.S. team. I think that importance for the U.S. squad, uh, with, I mean, if we, didn't, if we couldn't rely on Christian Pulisic, if we couldn't rely on Gio Reyna, I feel that there are guys that could probably step in and fill the void. Serginho Dest not making the U.S. team, that's a big problem because it wrecks the whole back line. Because he can see, I mean, they asked him, which side do you prefer? And he's like, well, whatever it's best for the team, essentially. 
So that's the kind of spirit that I love from Serginho Des, and it's really exciting to see what's going to come his way. Number one, no ifs, ands, or buts, no questions asked. Sinton Nisson, Alfonso Davies, wasn't with Byron. Uh, he's been out, has a suspension, got a red card recently, but he'll be back. By the way, Byron Munich, Robert Lewandowski injured. They do not skip a beat. They just keep winning. Beat Leipzig. And uh, it's kind of scary for the amount of money they spend because they just keep going. I mean, is Hansi Flick the greatest manager we've ever seen? Remarkable stuff from him. And remarkable stuff from Alfonso Davies, who was bought for $11 million. Now he's probably closer to $85 million. Arguments that he's the best fullback in the world. And Canada, you have two players in the top 10, thanks to my adjustment earlier. The rest of the top 10, one from Jamaica, two from Canada, three from Mexico, four from the United States. And then 11 was an American, 12 Costa Rican, 13 American, 14 American. So you see what I'm doing. Celebrate USNA. Let's party. The soccer OG. Coming up, we're going to talk about the situation in Brazil and in South America. How COVID has complicated life and sports and how is the best approach in dealing with all of this. That's next on The Soccer OG. Subscribe, rate, and review. We are back here on the Soccer OG. COVID has turned our world upside down. And while we are seeing some progress here in the United States with regards to a vaccine and the distribution of the vaccine, the numbers are very encouraging. The rest of the world not getting that vaccine rollout. Europe, which was the stronghold of COVID, now going into multiple lockdowns. France, full lockdown. Germany restrictions, the United Kingdom with certain restrictions like we have here, Poland, Czech Republic dealing with lockdowns, Italy full shutdown. It's uh, it's it's pretty depressing, obviously, because you as an, if you're here in the United States and we've dealt it with everyone, you see what's going on with these new forms of the virus, and you're like, is that coming our way? I think the, the rollout of the vaccine, remember these American companies with the vaccine, aided by a lot of German engineering and uh, medicine, that uh, you hope the vaccines do the job and the numbers starting to really dwindle here. I want to say dwindle, that's not the right word, excuse me. But they're, they're dropping. And we're going from tier to tier. I know in California, even though I'm right now in Austin, Texas, the numbers have gone from you know somewhere in the range of... The, the, the purple tier, then it's red, and then it's orange, which is good news for all of us. South America, a whole different story, particularly in Brazil, where they are dealing with 3,000, I mean, it was 66,570 deaths in the month of March alone. This is a situation where the United States had the most deaths with regards to COVID, where in a short amount of time, it Brazil may pass the United States, which is startling. 
And if you looked at the the track record, uh, obviously in April and May they had their issues. It dipped in the end of the summer, August, September, and then a huge spike where uh, it's gone through and uh, a thousand deaths a day, uh, or or a four thousand. Oh, sorry, three thousand deaths a day. Politically, Jair Bolsonaro, the the president there. Uh, there was a uh, a protest due to the, the firing of the defense minister and then the chiefs of the Army, Navy, and Air Force all resigned, feeling that the president was having a pushback with the military. And there's all indicators that Brazil needs to do something because these numbers are really discouraging. Their president rallied against lockdown measures. That's He's not really in, in, in installing them, but people in certain states are. The Sao Paulo state issuing a code red, record number of COVID deaths. Liska Doido, who is the manager of America Football Club, the Minas Gerais, said that football shouldn't continue. He says he's terrified. He says we will take players with a delegation of 30 people to one side and then the other side of the country. I am losing coaches. Friends, people. He's not losing coaches. He didn't mention that as in like they're they're resigning. He means as in they are, they died because of COVID. Renato Portalupi, who is the manager of Gremio, also interviewed. He said, football is the safer place. We are bringing a benefit to the people. Gives audience reason to stay home. And I buy that. It really, ha- if there is a safe environment for the players, and the numbers suggest that it is safer than most areas, that keeps people at home watching the games. That makes perfect sense to me. I understand that, and that's why I'm a huge advocate for sports going on. And uh, this late in the COVID situation, where you're asking people to stay home, it's very hard after they've been at home in many places for a year. They want to see light at the end of the tunnel. So if you can't give them that, give them the sports if it is a safe environment. But the Brazil numbers are crazy. One thing you got to know about Brazil, they love their football and they play at an incredible clip. Palmeiras, who won the Copa Libertadores, I think they had like 80, 90 games in a season. That's a lot of games. It's too many games. You have the Brasileiro, which is their league. You have the Copa do Brasil. You have the Libertadores. You have the Copa Sudamericana on the international level. You have the local tournaments like the Paulista and the Carioca, where they play teams from their states. It's too many games. But that's how Brazil is. They like their football, and that's it. Should we pull back on some of those games? Yes. But should... This is a a societal thing. This is, everyone knows about the football calendar in Brazil. It is part of the fabric. So how many of those games do you turn away? I don't know. Brazil's going to have a real predicament. Now, the Brazilian league features a very competitive team. And on those clubs, they have players from all 10 South American countries. The 10 members of Comibol, Argentina, Bolivia, Peru... Uruguay, Brazil, Ecuador, Bolivia. I said Bolivia, didn't I? Chile, Paraguay. You have those 10 nations, and they all have members playing in Brazil. So if there's problems in Brazil, then these countries are going to have issues on the international stage. So 
in about nine weeks' time, we're going to have the Copa America. The Copa America, which was going to have a 12-team tournament, but then Qatar and Australia pulled out for obvious reasons. And they still want to go on with this tournament. Maybe the maybe it's wiser head should prevail and it shouldn't. But you can't say that about South America because there's a lot of money attached and they're not going to relinquish this easily. Countries in South America like Colombia and Peru are not letting planes from Brazil land in their nations. It's not worth the risk. They're trying to get they're get get rid of COVID. There's no vaccine rollout out there. They are way behind. Small numbers of vaccinations. And it doesn't appear to be getting better anytime soon. And all these South American nations in some form of a lockdown. Brazil, at least the president saying not to lock down. The Copa America. Now, if you're going to have the tournament, you got to have some common sense and play it in a bubble as best you can. But they're not doing that. In fact, they are hosting it in two countries, Colombia and Argentina. If you look at a map of South America, you will see those two countries are on opposite ends of the continent. It makes no sense. Some teams are playing in Colombia, some are playing in Argentina, then they'll reunite for the business end, the tournament. Ten teams are going to play a round robin, and they're going to eliminate two for the quarterfinals. So you're going to play, everyone's going to have these group stages, and only two teams are going to get knocked out. That is bizarre. It's almost like go straight to the quarterfinals. They're making no attempt for common sense to come here and slim the tournament down, it's just excessive. They are digging their, the Comebol are digging in their, their heels and they're going with it. Now, when the Copa America rolls around, I'm going to watch it. It's a great tournament. One thing you have to also understand is, remember, they were supposed to have World Cup qualifiers here in late March. They were postponed. One of those World Cup qualifiers was going to be Brazil and Argentina, which is a fixture everyone stops to watch, but we couldn't. We'll save it for a later date. Now, the reason those things were postponed was because the European clubs with all these top players would not let their players go. If you have to face a quarantine, you don't have to release your players. So the European clubs said no, and they postponed it. These are World Cup qualifiers. You need your best team. So if, if, if Barcelona says they're not going to send Lionel Messi uh, and Brazil says you're not going to send Neymar, you're not going to play because you want to get the result. This is the World Cup. It's the biggest tournament on the planet for any sport. So the European team's like, no. So they're not going to send with the Copa America? Are they going to send players? I'd be stunned. So you have that going as well. The next set of World Cup qualifiers, by the way, are in early June. Will we get better in South America? I don't think so. It doesn't look good. But everything is topsy-turvy with regards to this. And Brazil is the lion's den right now. And everything springs out for the reasons I talked to you about the players who play in Brazil, who make a living there, what is going to happen? They are, we're supposed to follow their lead, but these numbers, the spikes are really startling. So we don't know what is going to happen. But it's important for all of us to cast an eye down there to see what's going on in Brazil, to see how they deal with this. It's a sticky situation, but sports will go on. And I, I agree with sports going on under the right situation. And be smart about it. Ten teams. Argentina and Colombia. Come on. Even the Euros, they realized that. They had this big ten nation. They go, we're not doing that. We're not having games in Azerbaijan. Now we're going to have it at Wembley. Copa America's got to, that's got to be smarter than that. Maybe host it. It's, it. The question is, just get the tournament off and running. Let it go. 
television, you honor the television rights holders and you're good. But don't, don't overstep the boundaries here, which they have. So much more to talk about. I got to get back into Austin. There's a creek calling my name out up on Cripple Creek. Get my feet wet. If you know what I mean, Jelly Bean. Thank you for tuning in to a abbreviated, so to speak, The Soccer OG will be back with a big-time guest next week in the business end. Enjoy your weekend and while you're enjoying it. And happy Easter, everyone. And hats off to the international players for bringing so much joy in our life and playing football all the time. Subscribe, rate, review. The Soccer OG. Buenas noches. Placido Domingo.